That's the red button. That's the red light. So something's working. Hello and welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly, bringing you Transformers news from around the world. This is episode 162. We are recording live on Sunday, August 19th, 2018. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk briefly about uh, packaging hoarding and um, keeping boxes when you probably shouldn't. Um, we got more shots of Masterpiece Beast Wars Megatron and some information on the Bumblebee movie coming up. All that and a lot more coming up after this. Hello. We're back after a week away. We'll get into why that happened in a minute, but... um, (laughs) We got the same crew back that was meant to be on last week. Max, returning from South Australia, how are you, sir? I'm pretty well, thank you. Just been a little while, just because of basically everyone had crap on, and so yeah, you know, we just yeah, just been a few weeks to been able to make it on, and glad to be back. Yep, yep. And um, making his return, not so much as a guest now, but as uh, the club's new vice president, Chris Turner from Queensland. Oh. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for having me on. It's good to be back. Thanks for voting. Go it's a, um, do it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. It's a little bit late now. It's uh, power has been claimed. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, uh, no, it's from a very um, disturbingly windy Brisbane at the moment. Like in the last two hours, it's gone from dead still to it's like almost cyclonic out there at the moment. So I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but if it is days. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to be here, guys. If I uh, if I turn up dead somewhere, it's because Chris sent the Decepticons after me. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate power. <laughs> yeah, well, we saw how that turned out for Starscream, though. So it's a hostile takeover club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for those that no, we no needed we needed a Decepticon. <laughs> Um, TCCA elections and nominations happened in the last couple of weeks and um, we only had the vice president position that was up for elections and uh, Chris, you won rather convincingly. So uh, congratulations, sir. You are now the two I see. You're, you're my star scream <laughs> or you're my Ironhide, I'll say, just to rub it in. <laughs> yeah, no, it was um, it was a, a pretty full-on week for me because I was obviously I was working the whole time. But... Um, no, I, I think a lot of the reason um, I came in strong at the end there was um, I think it worked to my advantage being Queensland rep last year because, um, you know, having all the meetups and everything um, as a rep, um, I had full support of the Queensland boys. And, uh, yeah, and also um, my replacement is Queensland rep, Jared, um, he uh, he's basically the glue that holds the uh, Queensland TCCA guys together. He's um, front and centre for just about every event we have. Um, every time there's any kind of meeting or whatever, he's the one running around organising everybody. He regularly donates his barbecue for our meetups. Um, it's still sitting outside in my backyard at the moment. Um, and yeah, so it's 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 not only good to. Um, to, to win the election, but at, by the same token, um, 
you know, I think Jared's going to be a really good rep for the club as well, and he's quite deserving of it. He's pretty humble. I don't think he was 100% uh, like wanting to be in the limelight, but I kind of pushed him into it, and <laughs> and I think he's he's embracing it now. So, um, I yeah, so I think... I'm um, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so if I'm your star scream, Brad, he's my star scream. So we're just going to have a long chain of betraying <laughs> sub commanders going down the TCCA. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll oh, just fill in a bit of the back behind the scenes stuff. Uh, Queensland is the only state that is dominated by Decepticons. Every other <laughs> every other state's got a far or got a Autobot Autobot heavy with just the memberships. So. Mm. You uh you come in with the Decepticon campaign and uh, yeah. we definitely lost most yeah. of uh, more more Queensland members voted than the rest of the state. So you um you had your team behind you and that took you to victory. Yeah, and for any of them watching, thanks guys. Um, cheers for your support and uh, yeah, hopefully I can do the job well and we'll uh, keep pushing forward and. Queensland dominating once again. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> <laughs> hey, the club's registered in Victoria, so we're we're number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just proportionally essay kind of kind of beats you out a bit, surely. <laughs> oh, all your effort, effort at the toy fairs and at the Max have definitely got the South Australian memberships up uh, from last year too, which is fantastic. And even Harry, what he's doing over in WA, we got. A, heap of uh, WA members signed up as well so oh my God, yeah. everyone's good. just getting involved in doing stuff and it's mm. working out so well yep. yep we've always said you don't have to be even if you're not a rep if you're going to have um, an event a party or go out even just go out and see the new film um, connect with some of the other members in your area and Facebook and go out and have, have it as a TCCA meet up take some photos and post it on the, on the page yeah, for sure. Uh, I was I was just going to say that uh, one thing the the southern states tend to have all over Queensland as well is um, just convention wise and um, event wise. Um, you guys have always got something. I think that's our biggest um, issue that we face here as a community is there's very few and far between events and conventions and that sort of thing. I think Supernova is probably the biggest one um, mm. that we get every year um but even then the gold coast supernova um usually dwarfs the brisbane supernova in terms of numbers and you yeah. know and the stars that they get out there and stuff so um i think the uh, what we face in queensland is we have to sort of make more of a communal effort so if we want to meet up trade bots um you know talk club and all that sort of stuff we have to get off our asses and, and actually, you know, um, roll each other up to go and meet up somewhere or whatever. And, um, yeah, the last four months have been in a small apartment in Cooparoo, which is a inner-city Brisbane suburb. So, um, yeah, so um, with Comic-Con on the horizon um, here, I'm hoping that we can um, maybe generate something big for the uh, for the actual... Uh, TCCA there as well, so mm. yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's looking the next forward step to gearing up to that. Yeah, that's the next step now. Getting Comic Con Brisbane and Sydney booked and and getting to them. They're the last two big conventions mm -hmm. of the year. We've got to focus on now. 
ready to talk some Transformers. As always. As always. Yes. Because we missed last week. Uh, Bot Shots last week winner Chris Marsh and his uh, masterpiece Soundwave with um, taking full advantage of the uh, Coles Minis promotion. Before we get to the photo, <laughs> holy shit, Coles Minis. That has oh, yeah. just flooded my local Facebook sales marketplace and everything yeah. else. I think some people didn't realize when when they first started hitting Facebook here, uh, people were charging thirty dollars each for them, thinking that they've spent thirty dollars oh, on more, groceries. More, and, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well um, one of our, sorry, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I don't mean to cut in, but uh, one of one of the TCCA members, um, Rob. Kinley side, I can never pronounce his last name. Um, he collects some minis, and he's he's ended up with the whole set. You know, he's got the little case for him and stuff. Um, and he regularly posts some of the ridiculous you know, Facebook marketplace where people um, certain apparently certain items are rarer than others, like your little Nutella and the little Vix and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, people are charging exorbitant prices, like upwards of fifty dollars and. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, I've got a couple of them, but, you, you know, it's a, it's a novelty. For me, I love the fact that they scale pretty well with Transformers, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. got a bunch of them, but I only really, I just got them and sent them to Jason because he uses them for photos. Mm. Mm. Yep. Well, hasn't yeah. Bot Shots just blown up since the... Uh, I mean, I see a photo every day in the club yeah. um, on the group. Um, with somebody using something with one of those little Coles minis, they're great for photos. <laughs> yeah, I, the other day they had Magnus with the coffee open, damn it, open. <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. And it's probably just a good thing here. Chris got in. Hard to see on a mobile device, but he's got one of the uh, cassette bots in the um, in the baby seat there as well. In so. the kid's seat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Rumble, isn't it? <laughs> well... It can be either Rumble or Frenzy. We're not going to go into that debate. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I can see <laughs> it's Frenzy if you've That is taste. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. wondering where, um, where that little shopping trolley is from because it's perfectly scaled. You can get <laughs> stuff like brilliant. that from Kmart. Kmart have that sort of oh, right. shopping trolleys and that. Oh, I haven't seen the bronze ones. I've seen the silver or the stainless steel ones there. But... Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Jason has one that he regularly uses for photos. Yeah, because we discussed uh, this is... yeah, we discussed this many months ago. Um, like when Jason was first shopping, I went out to me local Kmart looking for same sort of smaller food items and small like doll furniture and that to start being a bit creative with bot shots and never end up doing it myself. But I know Jason's been taking some great photos with it and Chris has probably jumped on the bandwagon, well, not jumped on the bandwagon, but starred the bandwagon by having this shot in last week's bot shots and just sort of getting the ball rolling. Yeah. All rolling, and it was was um, a, a, you know as the podcasters are probably well aware, I regularly enter the bot shots, and <laughs> when when that one was running, that photo uh, was one of the first. I think it was like the fourth to be posted on the thread, and within about an hour, it had sixteen more likes than every mm. other photo. Like it's it definitely was a um, you know. It was a freight train in terms of popularity. It won very clearly by a wide margin, that one. Yeah. But at least it was still good to see some other people still not just conceding and not posting up. I think um, Alvin Trinidad, again, one of the previous winners, he had another photo up. I think it was just Tarn. 
um, doing that oh, sort of. Oh, yeah, and it was a great photo too. Yeah, like there's and some now- fantastic photos there. Some don't even get a like, and it's that's all I normally at the end of the week if post the photos don't get a like as long as it's not going to make a draw or make one win over the other i'll go through and like everyone anyway <laughs> just to... and now yeah. it's starting to spread jason's brought a whole bunch of them over to tf nation so yeah yep yeah <laughs> well i think i think um um unofficially there's definitely a, like quite a few honorable mentions with every mm. week there's always like one or two because i often like even though i enter the competitions i'll often um vote for my favorite out of the um the other entries and sometimes i'm actually torn i'm like oh that's good but mm-hmm. that's really good as well and uh, yeah but you know as as going by the rules you can only vote for one but um sometimes yeah. some of them don't get as much likes as you'd hope they would you mm-hmm. know but that's just the nature of the beast yeah and that's like well yeah. now i um i leave the posts up before I, once i got the winner i'll take the photo and delete the post because we've had, like last week, we had someone post on Monday for the previous week, and I'm like, eh, it's it's over now. <laughs> but um, I just yeah, leave it. Yeah. People can go back and type in a week. Um, and even now, like adding the links to uh, to the full week's photos in the run sheet here, and I'll probably start doing it on the website too, just so you can see what was entered in that week and have the links open yeah. to it, um, just so you can see what the competition was like. Because- yeah, well, there is a... Sorry, I was just going to say, isn't there a um, section on the TCCA website with all the previous winners since the competition began? Yeah, yeah, all the winners can be found over on the competition section of the uh, TransformersCCA.com yeah, where I post probably up. Probably do a lot there. Yeah, yep. So that that's all the previous Ooh. winners, but even just a link to the actual um, thread, where the bot shots thread, so you can see all the other photos that were entered. Normally, if there's yeah. if there's one or two photos we want to talk about when we do the do the podcast on the Friday night, we'll we'll bring up the um the post and sort of have a look at some of the other ones as well. But but yeah, that was uh, Christmas Ooh. last week and um, this week, Bree Jerome has won with her son playing with some of his figures out in the gar- in the driveway and um, a bit of a wide assortment there too. We have got some RID stuff, some movie stuff, even rescue bots as well. So there's some. Yeah, those rescue bots, the big ones up the back there, um, I buy the rescue bots for my son, and I've never seen those before. They're, okay. Um, they're awesome, those things. Yeah. I wonder if they're I know there's, You can get – well, yeah, I know you can get the larger ones, um, but the larger ones I've seen, I think there's only a couple. There's, um, there's like Blur and a few of the other characters, but they're actually non-transformable. But okay. um, from I, I had a I had a closer look at um, those ones and they they do actually look like they transform, mm. so yeah, it's interesting. But uh, I I think the reason I don't know whether I, I I voted for this photo myself and I think the reason um, it may have won is I think it agreed because most of the DCCA are adult collectors. It's very rare to see what I would say transformers in their natural habitat but i found it quite refreshing to see just a little kid with their collection you know like that that sort of buzz that you get from it that you know pretty much started us all collecting transformers but um well, it's a, it's yeah a i think that's really nice yeah it's the figures at their target audience um it's not yeah it's not um well we talked about before but Arvin's his tarn <laughs> like it's not a collector with a yeah. collector's piece and someone that obviously yeah, knows exactly. something about photography. Um, yeah, and it, it's sort of it's sort of good to see um, 
the likes and people that win sort of drift from one one theme to another. You haven't necessarily yeah. got. Go away. Thank you. I always, <laughs> I always like what Arvin does of his stuff a lot of the time, where you know it doesn't look like an actual figure. Oh, we'll talk minis just... before. Yeah. <laughs> So the minis still find their way in. Yeah. But that, that leads itself to the figure as well. Like yeah. last week, the, his win post was uh, like the um, Titans Return Hardhead. Yeah. Hardhead? No. And he's he won again before that with the um, Titans Return Skull Cruncher. Mm. Um, and that was a brilliant photo too because he had it in crocodile form but it looked like he had actually taken it to some kind of swamp because it or was like a little a island surrounded by marsh. Or, yeah, or a pond or something. But it was, yeah, he's got a um, brilliant grasp on photography. Um, but, yeah, it's, but I, I know what you're saying, Brad. I, I do like how, yeah, like, yeah. one week um, a silly photo will win because it's funny. Um, well, you know, the next week a really serious sort of cool looking photo will win and then the week after it'll be a very sort of uh, warm and family oriented photo or, you yeah. know, or they, they do, as you say, they do tend to move towards totally different themes and I guess it just uh, lends itself to the nature of a competition. It's just a competition for cool photos, you know. Yeah, and even looking back here over the last few weeks of winning, you've got like Tyson Richards doing some comedic stuff and then you've got Arvin's sort of two weeks in a row where he's had them them good photos, yeah. And back to back to some funny stuff with um with Chris last week, and then Breeze shots this week. So it's um and Ooh. even even just sort of going through like this week's post, um again the minis are sort of making making a bit of an appearance. You got some bots fighting on the shelf. Tyson's done some memes again. Um, Alan <laughs> Jones loves tucking his primes into bed. <laughs> Which um he's got a he's got a troll. <laughs> I guess it's it's funny both both Alan and Simon in Melbourne they're um they're both either childs just come or a child's on the way so they're sort of going into that whole new world of um kids wear yeah all that sort of stuff accessories but, yeah yeah not to draw um limelight or anything but I sort of played off the fact that um because everyone was going with the Coles minis. Um, I've got a few minis of my own, but they're not <laughs> quite the... Uh, <laughs> I thought I'd, uh, yeah, come at it from a different angle. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The giant it's... dinosaur sometimes just needs to calm down a bit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, fantastic to see, guys. And um, you'll be in the draw for... Uh, we've got a Legends class... Cosmos for this week, uh, for this month. It will be given away next week. The end of... I'll have to check the calendar. We might have two more weeks left in August. We might go to five. Some of these months go to five. So, yeah, good work, guys. We're going to move swiftly on and get to the news. Straight into news. Hasbro news. That will take us into some news. What news comes from Vi Yonder? Getting to some news. We've talked a lot about Beast Wars MP uh, MP Megatron. I've had a um, a characteristic change of heart and have pre-ordered it now after d- 
dissing the price so much on previous episodes. Chris, I don't think we've had you on to discuss it. Which yeah, uh, um, are you? Are you, Beast Wars, are you a Beast Wars? Are you a Beast Wars? Decept uh, Predacon. Yeah, um, actually, um, as I almost exclusively collect Decepticons, I do actually. I, I have a fondness for Beast Wars, and I've got a couple of um, Beast Wars Predacons. Um, I've got the um, the Chug Deluxe Waspinator, mm-hmm. um, and I also have the um, Anniversary uh, Retool of the original Beast Wars Megatron. Um, which is a great figure. It's a Voyager class, and it's basically just a blown-up version of the original Megatron, but it's got a little bit more detail, and they've um, repainted it to be more cartoon accurate. Um, and they're the only Beast Wars figures that I have, but I don't know, like, even with the price, I'm pretty tempted by this guy because um, it's it's almost unreal. Like, it looks so much like the cartoon um model you know in both beast mode and robot mode that it's it's mind-blowing to me like it, it to me it is like the pinnacle of where transformers are at um these days like they've done a fantastic job on this thing and it's really hard to ignore like yeah the price thing um it is very steep uh, isn't it the most expensive mp mm-hmm. yet yeah um but i kind of look at it and think yeah but that's what you pay for quality of that level um yeah it definitely so, does a lot more we're going to get to dinobot in a in a little while but um it definitely does a lot more beast mode than what dinobot does just hiding hiding mm. all the um all the interior with panels um max have you talked dinobot uh, megatron yet uh megatron look I, at the end of the day it probably it, it is it, it looks like it could possibly be the best figure ever made in the Transformers line. <laughs> like, it looks like it could be that good. But it's also, far and away, the most expensive figure ever made. Mm. So, mm. If, at that price, I think it's like Toybot, who are usually cheaper than just about everyone else, has it at like 430 Just ridiculous. Yeah. And that's one of the cheapest prices mm. around. Like, there's no reason to be giving Takara that much money for this thing. Like, it's more expensive mm. than a bloody Flame Toys figure or a Hot Toys, or, you know, all manner of, you know, uber expensive Well, it's more figures. expensive. It doesn't. And it, certainly more expensive it looks than good. some of the big Trypticons and stuff, like the third-party Titans, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you think about what lines have been characterized by being, like, really expensive, high-end type stuff. This is more expensive than, like, any of those. But I, d- I don't know if it has the quality to go along with it. Like, it looks fantastic, don't get me wrong, but it just looks, you know, a bit above the average masterpiece. It doesn't look like almost half of a $1,000. Hmm. Yeah, and that's... And we I think we discussed in an earlier podcast, too, the whole fact that there's probably going to be a KO that will come out much like MP36 and how they, for the most part, seem to be doing some better things, in improving joints and articulation. That um, After uh, after Nerdmania and 
sort of having a bit of a think about the collection that and realizing that I don't really have much nostalgia for G1 at all and selling off some of my figures. Um, this is this is it. This is New Marino for me. This is where my nostalgia is. If, if I don't have this yeah. in my collection, then there's no point having any other masterpiece. Um, and I think you're touching on a big reason that Takara can get away with charging such an exorbitant price. And we saw it with the Dinobot MP. It's because they know that people will buy it. Um, people will grumble about it and people will rage about it. But they did about Dinobot and lots of people bought Dinobot. Mm. I think I, I feel like they they're might... quite clever and... Sorry, yeah, go sorry. on, mate. I was going to say, I feel like they might back themselves into a corner, though, right? With how much yeah. being the third-party market is becoming nowadays, you look at things like the new MP Prime, right? There's two or three other third-party MP Primes that are going to be hitting. And if that thing comes out and it's got a fully-featured robot mode trans trans transformation and trailer and all that, and realistically, they would probably charge a similar amount for that because of how much you get a packet of a box and people mm. probably and with something like that people are probably just gonna go well above a third party one right or they'll wait for the knock yeah so i think they takara knows that they can do this but i, I don't mm. think that it's going to be something which they can maintain in the long term yeah like yes yeah. you do have a lot of the takara Havesboro official only but you've also got a lot of, pe lot of people out there that um, like me when I started, if the figure looks good and how I want it to look and it's cheaper, I'll go for the third party. It's why I've got Hellfire and Wrestle and not Masterpiece Grapple and Inferno. Um, same thing mm. with Quake Wave and over Masterpiece Shockwave. It just I prefer to look better of the third party ones and they're cheaper. Um, but just going well, back to the also price. The... Yeah, oh, sorry, go on, mate. I was just going to say, going back to price a little bit, um, the same thing sort of happened with Ultra Magnus when it came out, that price was lifted a little bit. Um, Dinobot was the same, and you've got it here as well, where you got some figures like this where you might only have one repaint out of it, or the mm. repaint they do out of it, like Cheetor, you got the black one that a quarter, not even a quarter of the collectors probably won't buy unless they're an all-number MP collector. Um, like, you might get the red, red T-Rex version of this, but again, you might only have a couple of hundred people actually buy it that are and have to buy it if they number. Did the red T Rex version, right? There's you have a red version. It would be it'd be inaccurate on this mold and there'd be two third party versions coming out which mm. would provide an accurate oh. alternative. Yeah. Well the, the I think I guess the uh, there's there's something very particular about this particular MP and that is um, Okay, so in terms of my collection, um, I, I'd refer to, say, a third-party masterpiece like DNA Sasanu, which is the third-party bludgeon, or um, the repaint DNA Arashi, which was the obvious repainted to Bonsai-tron. Um, they were quite expensive, um, but nobody else has done an MP bludgeon. Uh, nobody else has done an MP Bonsai-tron. Um, and I think... That would be part of the marketing strategy here is that nobody's even thought of done it, doing a Beast Wars Megatron. Mm. I, I feel like the fact also... that this particular MP has generated interest in the character again. Um, and 
I think they they do tend to rely on that in a, in a marketing sense. Like when before DNA released Susanu, DNA just did upgrade kits for existing Hasbro and Takara products. But when they came out with Susanu, they needed something big to come out with to enter the third party masterpiece market, and they they did it very wisely. They went okay. Bludgeon's a popular character. He's a little bit of a cult character, but he's still popular in a lot of the uh, collector circles. Let's come out with a character where there's basically no alternative. So if you're a fan of the character and they do a half-decent job, they've got a guaranteed market straight away. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with um, pricing when it comes to even official releases like this. It's there's no competition for a Beast Wars Megatron at the moment. And that in itself is enough to sort of guarantee, uh, you know, however small a percentage of the collecting market, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's also at a sort of price where Takara can probably confidently put it out and understand, all right, we're not going to make, we might not sell as many units as we otherwise might, but we're going to make the money back because the figure is that expensive. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Have you also seen that he, um, he, he's a little low on the gimmicks from what I've seen, but I did think it was cool that you can remove the dinosaur parts and have him in his proto form that he appeared in, in the first episode of Beast Wars. Um, it's nothing special, but I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I am disappointed that he doesn't have the rubber ducky though. <laughs> oh, man. He, yeah, he does so. have the toothbrush. Though, More than four hundred cool. bucks, they could include the bloody duck. <laughs> mm. That's it. No. Yeah. No, I've yeah. yeah. Once I mean, Dinobot sealed me, sealed the deal for me. As soon as I took that thing out of its out of its packaging, and um, mm. and got to play around for a little bit, I I was going, I was full on board for this. Look, yeah, I'm day, very tempted. Yeah. If you... yeah, you say you haven't yet, you haven't put anything down on it. I'm waiting for my tax return to come in. I'll see. I'll see how much money I got to play with at the end of the day. But if I if I find myself with a little bit of disposable income, then um, I might very well do it. Um, you also got to think of the fact that if you buy it and you're not happy with it, um, there's definitely some resale value in that oh, yeah. as well. Oh, I so. the first, you know, MP36 just went straight up in price when it first hit. So mm. Mm. yeah, and even. I haven't researched it, but it's good. Probably a good twelve months before the, if there's going to be a KO before the KO comes out. So you're going to have a bit of time to play with it, and if you don't like it, you can resell it again. Before mm. before word of a KO comes out in the market, the bottom just drops out of the market. Mm. Um, so Max, you're not adding this to your Christmas list? Oh, no, Christ, it's just <laughs> oh, God. It's half a grand. <laughs> in my mind for having a price like that. I'm sure it's going to be an incredible figure, but for 400 bucks, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was even looking at the prime one studios, my version for, I guess, 22, 2200. And just this one does enough um, for a quarter of the price. Um, We'll get to it later. Are you talking about that that statue? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get to it. That thing is unbelievable. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get to when we get to new acquisitions too just with Dinobot and transforming them and their mm-hmm. else. but at, at, yes he's got a bit of a backpack but again I don't 
pose my figures backwards. And from the front half, he, he looks pretty much on point anyway. There's not a lot of um, kibble or um, he looks straight up the robot mode. But, but yeah, moving on to uh, another masterpiece that might be a little bit easier on the wallet. Uh, masterpiece Wheeljack Pruss. Plus, plus uh, anime colors. He's got the uh, and the blue windows, which I thought was the, his only change. But uh, a lot of the greens and black pinstriping that on the alt mode's been removed as well to make him more cartoon accurate in that regard. Um, Chris, have you got the original masterpiece, Wheeljack? No, <laughs> I don't have any Autobots, man. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, said it, I was like, ah, oh, that's probably a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the closest is uh, I buy Autobots for my son, and he's got the Commander Wars <laughs> deluxe oh, yeah. wheeljack. But that's about yeah. So yeah, I've really um, I've I've got to opt out of this one. I've got no comment on this. Other than I will say, um, I think it's good because to me, um, MP collectors. I mean, I mean, I mainly collect Chug, but I also have a few MPs and third-party masterpieces and stuff. Um, and I think <clears throat> as far as um, the whole idea behind a good MP collection from my point of view is the G1 cartoon accuracy. And I think anything that adds to that, to an existing product, to make it, um, you know, more in line with the cartoon and make it look like more it's supposed to look like, um, yeah, I can't see why that's a bad thing for a collector and why you wouldn't be excited about it. Um if you collected Autobots. <laughs> because they should have done it to start with. <laughs> yeah. Max, this figure first hit was sort of when they were sort of, they weren't quite sure. And I guess they still are almost, you know, not quite sure what they were doing in terms of aesthetic for Masterpiece line, you know, leaning towards toy, cartoon, in between. And so a lot of people, a lot of people weren't all that fond of the paint scheme that they, are initially used for wheeljack um you know just going for that more toy and uh, realistic car look but um this you know looks just looks straight out of a cartoon i think it it's not my personal preference just because there's not as much paint on there in terms of just sheer accuracy it's really impressive yeah and that was going to be the first thing i go to is um I assume this is going to be the same price as the original release, if not a little bit more, because it's been a year or so. But they've essentially just saved a heap of money on the paint app department and going to make the uh, put the same figure out. Like, there's no molding changes at all. And probably but, bump up the price as well. Yeah, yeah. You still get the Hypno device or whatever it's called. Um, is there any new accessories for it? No. Okay. I'm pretty sure the Hypno device was only a... It was an Amazon exclusive. Yeah, right? yeah. So they're including... Well, it looks like they're including it with this release now too, so... Um... Oh, you get... You... I think you should give him that cannon that he uses in the cartoon and when he goes to fire it, it blows up in his face. That'd be brilliant. Because <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of grumbles. People are like, here we go, we've got Wheeljack coming out. you got them going back to all these original Hasui cars and that, which engineering-wise were pretty good and doing these little changes to them. And that's that's how they can afford to make figures like that Megatron and um, the one-off figures. Like we talked a couple couple weeks ago about the 
MP Hound being revealed, like that's that's another figure where you're not going to get any repaints out of it, unless there's some. I think there was a. Well, I was. There was an e hobby. Uh, oh, okay. Thing. Yeah, there's a black there one, isn't like... there? Isn't there a black Hound I'm not somewhere? Sure about black, but there was. There's a um. There's uh... a really obscure um junkion from um G1. His yeah, name's yeah. Detritus. Yeah, yeah, and he was a hound repaint. He was a brown repaint of hound. The he, he was an to thing, thing. They put him in a comic recently. It's like a cameo. Yeah. yeah. Well, that then that goes back to the whole Megatron repaint thing. How many, apart from numbered collectors, how many people are going to get that repaint? Um, yeah. I don't I'm know sure if this is... Some oh, people just... might just for the same sort of reason as, you know, some people got stuff like... Uh, um, what was the name of that Trax Redeco, the black one? Oh, loud pedal, yeah. Loud pedal, well, yeah. I'll we'll just yeah. get it for that because it's sort of representing a niche, sort of uh, obscure part of Transformers history. Yeah, but also, well, no, if, they, if they did a, if they did a Detritus repaint, I would get it because he was the only Decepticon junkie, mm -hmm. um, and that was the whole gimmick of his character. Is Retgar and the Junkions in the movie and in the cartoon. Um, they were from from going by Transformers lore. They were from one tribe of Junkions and Detritus or Detritus, however you say his name. Um, he was from another tribe, and he was a rival of Retgar's. So when they sort of sided up with the Autobots, he joined the Decepticons. Um, and as as we've seen with the other Junkions, they're all the same sort of Retgar motorbike type, but. I thought it was interesting, even though he was just a hound repaint, that he was something different. He was a big sort of Jeep truck thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd get him, yeah, just because, let's face it, there is uh, th that's one of the main reasons I don't really collect a lot of MPs is because the MP line is incredibly Autobot heavy. There's very few Decepticons, and uh, other than the main sort of characters, um, and I, I think it would be nice to see some obscure uh, even if they were repaints, some obscure, I think that's in large part um, due to like how many auto autobot molds there are that they can just repaint. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Characters in the cartoon. There's far more autobots and decepticons in the cartoon. Yeah, true. Mm. And the the autobots. Well, you got the licensing licensing issues that are stopping some from being made, but most of the decepticons are don't have licensing issues, so they can make them. And get them out there. Yeah, the generic generic tanks and yeah accessories and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, think... there's a the fact that the um, third party market has jumped all over that. The gaps mm. in the um, MP line, and I mean, there's a lot of um, when you look at like MMC and um, and you know like um, oh god, name any of them. Uh, I mean, look at how many third party um, devastators and stuff there are. Um, it's yeah, they've they've pretty much cornered the Decepticon collectors market. So yeah, I think at the end of the day, MP collectors, official MP, are quite happy to have the bulk of them being Autobots anyway. Mm -hmm. Max, are you gonna get this? Um, no, not really. I, I mean, I do like the sort of simplistic carding color scheme, but I also just really like um the original version just because. Of how well done the paint is, so mm. uh, we're sticking with this. I can't recall if there are any real mold or QC issues with the original one, so 
it's one thing no, to look at too when they start doing remolds and redos, how the original molds hold up. I always found it to be one of the stronger of the earlier MPs. It, it didn't. It wasn't like it. You know, a lot of the figures like Bumblebee and Shockwave, they have like that one thing that make, really sets them apart. He didn't really have something specific about him that made him like a unique and like especially incredible figure. He was just really solid. Mm. I don't know why every one of these photos have him squatting. <laughs> I don't know if it's just so they can get a bit of ankle articulation going or what, but it looks like the figure's pretty poor to pose. <laughs> a lot more than it's not. But Yeah, he seems to be just doing that, that duck squat in every yeah. photo. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he does have extraordinarily big feet, so I guess that's part of it. Yeah, well, that's the whole transformation, having the front become the, become the feet there. And, yeah, no, I've got, I've got the original wheeljack. I've got no interest in doubling up for this. There's no need for it for me. Uh, something else that I won't be doubling up on. Um, Encore Big Convoy. have got some official images now of uh, from Amazon Japan. Um, another Beast Wars character. Mm. Being a... Uh, Maximal. He's the um, he's the maximal leader from uh, Beast Wars Neo, which was the third Beast Wars and it's the Japan only Jap- one. Japan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, after Beast Wars in the Western world, they um, jumped ahead to Beast Machines, but in between that time, Japan came out with Beast Wars Second, which was. Um, back to the animated cartoon format. And that was your one with um, Lyo Convoy and um, you know, Galvatron and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then the sequel to that was Beast Wars Neo. And in that, at the end of, uh, oh, sorry, at the beginning, um, basically Lyo Convoy passes the Matrix to this guy who's Big Convoy. Really imaginative names there from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> But he, uh, yeah, I, I, I am a big fan of the Japanese Beast Wars cartoons. Um, and although a lot of people don't know a lot about the characters because it's very hard to find accurately translated versions of, of the cartoons, um, Big Convoy was awesome. Uh, I, I do prefer Lyo Convoy just because he was basically the maximal equivalent to Wolverine in terms of, attitude and personality and fighting style. <laughs> um, and Big Convoy was the big bruiser. And he has, uh, as you can see in the photos there, his trunk in mammoth mode, that actually becomes what he calls his, imaginatively enough, big cannon. Um, <laughs> and when he shoots a big cannon, it's a very um, Gundam-style-like Dragon Ball Z end of the world blast that annihilates everything in its path. But uh, <laughs> does it take six episodes just kind to of power like, up? <laughs> <laughs> it's getting that way. But um, it's I think I really like the character um, because of the fact that they always play the Japanese characters always played to their strengths. And even though he was the maximal leader and he was a matrix bearer, he's kind of a big um oaf. And very fitting for his mammoth form, you know. And um, he he was kind of like, just get out of my way or I'll step on you type guy. <laughs> um, and, I mean, considering how old it is, the, the toy is amazing. Yeah, and I'm really hoping that with this reissue we get to see 
some of the repaints that we saw, like they had the um the I believe it was a TF Con exclusive um Ultra Mammoth, yep. which is the Ultra Magnus coloured one. Um and the one that became very popular off the shelves was, and I wish I had one, was the Universe Nemesis Prime, which of course was the black and red repaint of it. Um so yeah, fingers crossed that they do re- those guys as well. The Ultra Mammoth as well, aren't they? But they have haven't solicited it yet. Mm. Yeah, which to me that that's hopeful that they will do the Nemesis Prime repaint as well because we all know repaints are their bread and butter. So, yeah. Chris, do you have the original one? No, um, he was one of those toys where I um, I tried to track down a. This is before I joined the TCCA in the dark days of eBay. I tried to hunt down a um, Universe Nemesis Prime. Um, but even back then, and this is probably like six years ago or something, um, that, that Black Nemesis Prime Universe repaint of this figure was upwards of a hundred and something dollars just to get your hands on. So I've, I've struggled to find one for a decent price and I never got one. So. Yeah. He's hoping we get a much more fairly priced uh, reissue of it. Yeah, well, I haven't seen what the prices they're putting on the reissue G1 stuff in America, but they must be must be pretty good retail prices and not something you'd find like on eBay. But And getting to the bot itself, like getting towards the end of Beast Wars and that where like, some of the, tra- the engineering that involved in transformations that they were sort of getting to some great designs, um, great little oh. tricks tricks in that too with engineering. So I've heard a lot of praise for this figure. It's yeah, it a, is an, it's an extraordinary looking figure. Like it's so it, imposing. Um, you're right, okay, mate. What were you going to say? I, was, I think this was um, like, this is the first figure that they ever put out, which had a dedicated matrix chamber as well. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, they uh, they sort of very um, interestingly continued the original Beast Wars story um, uh, because you know how at, uh, I don't know if you've seen Beast Wars Max, but um, um, Optimus Primal gets the Matrix from the original Optimus, um, and uh, it, it, and after Beast Wars ended. I think there was some comics in between and sort of it was suggested at the beginning of um, Beast Wars Second that Optimus Primal became the uh, Maximal Prime um, and at the end of his time he passed the Matrix to Lyo Convoy who was his successor who passed the Matrix to Big Convoy here. So they sort of continue, even in the Beast Wars, they continue that succession of primes. Um, what I found really interesting about it was that in the they did one of those feature length um, movies for Beast Wars Second, and uh, the Predacons resurrect this Decepticon Titan, um, and to defeat the, this Titan, which was this all powerful monstrous sort of Decepticon thing from the past, um, Bio Convoy actually uses the Matrix to. Um, resurrect Optimus Primal and they team up together and I think they use both their their timelines matrixes in this big blast that's up destroying the Titans. <laughs> so um, 
it's uh, it's very hard to make out though because, like I said, there's very badly translated versions floating around, and <laughs> I don't think they've ever done a proper um, dub or a very accurate translation of it at all. So yeah, yeah, it's it's there's a whole lot of that older, you know, sort of uh, Japanese G1 stuff. Um, and I guess Space Wars as well, but really hasn't made its way into the West. Mm. Is a shame. Yeah. At least, you know, from what I heard about it from you, you know, when you talk about it and from other people talking about it, it's, it says that they have a lot of really good storytelling going on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's in the, the Beast Wars cartoons in Japan, um, were very much done in the same way that, say, the Headmasters cartoon was done for G1 and then, um, victory and, and cartoons like that. It very much was a very elaborate extension of the original universe, um, just done in a very Japanese style. <laughs> and some some great characters too, like in the Japanese Beast Wars cartoons. Obviously, you've got you know what you see there, big convoy being a big mammoth. Um, you know that I mean they got ridiculous with it after a while. There was a uh, Maximal that turned into a giraffe. Uh, there was a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Tasmanian devil. Um, yeah, Armad- armadillo. Lots of cool stuff. Yeah, Maybe armadillo. Was a crab, <laughs> a crab or a lobster or something. It's all crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah in- interestingly, for the um, in Beast Wars Second, they got a bit lazy with the Predacons though, and most of the Predacons are literally um, G1 Machine Wars repaints. <laughs> and and one of the main villains is called Megastorm, and he is literally G2 Megatron with the purple and green tank. So, <laughs> um, who later turns into Gigastorm, which is literally Trypticon with a horn. So, yeah. <laughs> they, get, they get a little bit lazy there with the bad guys. <laughs> mm. No, you get that from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Moving on to uh, Nanomake CR01. So I'm guessing this is their first attempt at a. Uh... Does this thing transform? Nah, it's it's an, it's just a straight up action figure. Okay, it's um. It's a first outing. Yeah, it's sort of a, a fully detailed um, G1 and movie hybrid Optimus Prime, um, looking like a straight up KO of the MP10 trailer. <laughs> But the um, <laughs> the figure itself. Um, do you know how big it is? I got a I photo think, here. It look, I think it's about MP10 size. Yeah, that's not a bad size. It's got some fantastic detail to it. I think the the, the idea behind this figure is basically just make a movie style G1 Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah. We've the... talked before with the the. XM Studios, Optimus Prime, and they were doing there in the big statue, and that thing too being just like a movie-esque version of G1 Prime and how fantastic it looks. Prime 1 have done their own version as well, and I think this thing sort of looks fantastic as well, and being that smaller size, I'd love to uh, see further on down the line how much it's going to be, because I'd love to have this. Yeah, it, it's an amazing-looking figure. Um I don't, Very comic yeah. book style, I reckon. Yeah, it's sort of not quite comic book. I guess there's a few different ways that people have gone after this sort of idea. So, you know, these guys have done it. Um, you know, XM Studios, like you said, uh, Don Figueroa 
also like for a comics in a good while he sort of characterized that art style as being you know, yeah realistic i think i think he he pretty much was responsible for the whole style of say mmc's feral rex because if you look at um don's uh predicting artwork in the comics it's it's feral rex and that's why you've got such a big difference between say the hasbro predicting that's just come out which looks very g1 and say a third party mmc feral rex which just looks straight up that sort of almost borderline manga style um you know the exaggerated features and the sharp angles and stuff and i mm -hmm. see a lot of that in this prime it looks very like if you if you say pick up one of the old dreamwave comics or something like that's straight up what prime looks like in the comics he's got that more um almost humanoid torso and humanoid proportions as opposed to the much more traditional g1 blockiness of a truck with legs you know but uh yeah i think it's a very interesting take on it yeah it's something that we haven't really it's definitely different to a lot of third party stuff we've seen before which i kind of like you know because often mm. uh with third party stuff it's you know just everyone takes a crack at doing the same thing yeah or, it, you know they, they all do the same sort of mp style figure and that's what every third party does Whereas this is like, but you always find that find that tiresome though. I mean, yeah, it, I every time I see a new Optimus, whether it's official or third party, or every time I see a new Devastator, whether it's official or third party, I'm kind. Of, it doesn't matter how cool it is. I'm kind of like, yeah, great, but like, you know, that one was cool. That one was cool. That one was cool. Like, it gets to a point where it's like, I understand the popularity of the characters, but I mean. How many Optimus Primes and Devastators are they expecting us to buy or Dinobots? <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> at what point do you stop? I, I always feel like from... Yeah, I, I always feel like from a... If I was one of these companies and, and involved with their marketing in some respect, I'd always think, isn't this a gamble? Aren't we rolling the dice a bit by doing another Optimus? Like, for the collector out there who is an Optimus fanatic... By now, they must have, you know, well over 60 Optimus Primes sitting in their cabinet. Do they really need another one or want one, you know? But, you know. Oh, yeah, they do. I don't know. <laughs> but that might be 0.111% of the collecting base as well. Like, yeah. Not, yeah. there are some collectors out there that only go for a certain character, and Prime being Prime, um, a few people do. But just looking, I'm, I'm sort of thinking now that that MP10 trailer is just there for scale. And it's not actually what comes with it because yeah. I don't see why I'd give you a trailer if the truck can't transform to go in front of it. Yeah, yeah, but that's not. I don't think that bring. That's not their trailer that they're putting out. It's just yeah, just just there for scale. Yeah, you can click through and there's a few more images as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. It's super detailed. Yeah, well that is, that is straight up the that's straight up the MP trailer, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that's just the. <laughs> it's just the yeah. Trailer. He's having his bum adjusted in that one. <laughs> of course, he's got to have a matrix chamber, mm. which is odd because the first it's a photo looking matrix. Yeah, but the I don't think the matrix is in there because it looks like there's more of a matrix through the windows than what's oh, yeah. there. Like you can't see the handles unless that's yeah, on the inside of the I window. Thought that crystal. I thought see the there, crystal you can see that in the matrix. You can see the handles there yeah. in the windows. Yeah, but it comes with his energon axe. 
as an axe, not just a plug into the hand. Yeah, it looks like a, more sure of a barbarian hands, style. Mm. I don't know. It looks a bit rectangular, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't put it's as like much form into the axe. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I worry slightly with this about how articulated it's going to be, just because you don't see him doing all that much in these photos, other than just yeah. slightly different variants on standing around. <laughs> mm. Yeah, maybe if that's your kind of thing. <laughs> Again, I'll just come down. Yeah, the I think I'm just. I just think I'm a bit. And it's not, you know, it's not just Optimus. He is um, a critical example of it because he's by far the most popular Transformers character in existence. But I, I just feel a bit exhausted by repeat releases of certain characters. Um, I think there's a, and I think third parties picking up on this. But for me, if you are on any level of fandom in Transformers, you immediately realise that there is so many characters in this universe, like more than people would ever believe. And every day um, I, I discover an obscure character that I either never knew about or I forgot about or is a different version of a character from another universe. And, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, to me, I want to see more of that. I want to see, uh, I mean, even my favourite character, Bludgeon, he's only ever appeared in the comics um, and the toy releases. Um, we've never seen Bludgeon in any cartoons um, or movies, obviously. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's characters like that that are just awesome characters and there's obviously a wealth of um, creativity and collectability there. Um, but they just don't seem to be they, – they, I think it, they're falling back on this easy idea of, well, everyone loves Optimus, let's make another Optimus. Let's make this version of Optimus. Let's do an Optimus that has that, you know. It's, it's the whole – uh, Lisa Lionheart new hat thing for me. But now it's got a new hat. <laughs> you know? This year we put a 12 on the box. <laughs> but it's, yeah. yeah. At least going back to some of the photos from TFCon and that, it seems like they're, um, there's a lot more third-party companies that are moving away from just the G1 um, usual suspects and doing yeah. their own figures and that. So that there is, while some companies will, like fan stories and that will still keep on doing the G1 versions of characters, uh, whether they have an MP um, stand in already or not. But there's a lot of other companies are doing other figures and it is giving collectors sort of a, a lot better choice um, and bringing some of those unknown characters into the fold. Like going on to our next story, yeah. Magdalene's is doing the cross dimensions line and they've got a um a buster stealth wing stealth wing yeah. which is a alternate color of jetfire this is just sort of out there and i love it you know like the cross dimension stuff yeah you know it's been great so far i you know, just made these crazy designs of like you know classic characters and sort of a bit more dynamic and a bit more poseable and mm. it's on there like this mm. is like one of their biggest departures yet and they're putting Jetfire in friggin' Dan Cougar colours as well. <laughs> mm. But it looks aesthetically, it almost looks like something from, say, Warhammer 40,000 or something. Like, it's... I really like how unique it is. It's mm. um, 
it stands out in a way that I haven't seen a figure stand out for a while. It kind of looks like a seeker. It kind of looks like a movie figure, but kind of looks like something from, from Cybertron, but unlike any of those things, you know, like, and that's, yeah, it's definitely got a lot of appeal. Yeah, well, it could have it could have been something that was just added to the movie line, um, like the All Spark mm. series or something. Just another sort of Earth looking alt mode, maybe maybe something from the Force yeah. Online that was a Wave Four or Five figure that never coming out that they just threw in Dark of the Moon or something like Warhammer um, or Skyhammer. Yeah, I, I get a lot of I get a lot of um, Warhammer Forty K from that alt mode. It looks very much like one of the gunships that the space Marines fly around in or something. Mm, yeah. Um, which is very unique for the transformers universe. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause oh. they tend to either fall into the traditional vehicles or something a bit like Gundam style or whatever, but very it's rarely quite... do they go for something like that. Yeah. It's not a human vehicle, but it's not like a Cybertronian vehicle. It's like, it looks like a, what, you know, like a futuristic mm. thing. From like I don't know Star Wars, yeah, or such like like a, an attack helicopter without the, the blades or something. Yeah, and I love yeah. how clean it looks in the alt mode as well, mm. because it's that mm. service across the top. Yeah, and you could take those cannons off the back of it and it could be the bloody whatever they call them in Avengers. Oh, the the yeah, that's, that's kind yeah. of cringe, eh? Yeah, <laughs> I think he's um. At least color wise, um, he looks quite a lot like Sky Shadow, mm. which is cool. Yeah, so people are saying, I don't know, a lot of people are saying like Black Shadow inspired, and some people are saying Dan Kruger inspired. I'm sort of leaning towards the latter because, like, obviously, it, like, it seems more likely that they do a, a Black Shadow uh, inspired redeco, but the thing is. Is that if they're going to do a Black Shadow, then why wouldn't they just make it their own, like that its own figure, and then probably fit in a Thunderwing yeah. out of that mold as well? I suppose if this way, yeah, you know, yeah. can put out a regular Jetfire and also just do an homage to a separate character too. Yeah, well, I think it might even be a nod to the fact that um, I've only seen artwork of it, but you know, going by G1 Jetfires. Uh, comic storyline, he was a Decepticon um, and he was mates with Starscream and when Starscream started getting a bit batty and killing people he shouldn't be killing and stuff, um, that's when he went and joined the Autobots but um, that was sort of only briefly mentioned in conversations and stuff so maybe it's an interpretation of that That was his Decepticon colour scheme um, because the artwork I've seen generally just has a purple Decepticon colour Jetfire, but uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of knows? ways you could, you could take inspiration from. So, this is uh, what I'm thinking it might be a margin is Dan Kruger thing. You can see that it's just like a classic. Uh, I can't see it yet. No, on my screen there. No, you've got to share screen. Oh, is it not? Oh, it, it didn't work. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> So uh, this thing. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, one that's of those pretty cool. uh, classic super robot type things from Japan. Yeah. Like um, Gyogar and all that. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> that looks really cool. And then, you know, it's yeah. companies have homaged those, like that sort of stuff in the past. I don't know. Mm. You know um, 
like a lot of brave stuff is actually built off of transformers so and it was yeah. sort of a precedent there for a, a march to dan kruger yeah and at the end of the day even if it's you know even if it's up for debate as to who it more looks like or who it's supposed to be it, it's that unique that like yeah, you know, who cares? It'd just look cool sitting on your shelf. It doesn't really matter yeah, who it, it is. You could say it's just some kid. badass seeker. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, looks very cool. Yeah, yeah it it looks I'm very a... interested to see how that develops. Movie mm. homage as well. Yep. Mm. Yeah, we've talked before about buying bots like this that just look fantastic. They might not have any any history or canon or any relation yeah. to any of the cartoons or movies, but just a great looking figure. And something yeah. you want to have in your collection. Yeah, it's sort of when, you know, collecting becomes less about being a sort of, you know, less about uh, pertaining to a franchise that you like and, you know, more related to just being a hobby. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Moving on, we've had some um, information that come out about Cyberverse over the last couple of weeks and we're starting to see some footage from the uh, cartoon as well, like, They've played um, the introduction and some other clips from um, Cyberverse since uh, SDCC happened. Um, Chris, you said you're um, you're buying a lot of stuff for your young fellow. Have you sat him down and showed him any of the Cyberverse stuff yet? Yeah, and I think I've um, an interesting take on that. Um, so I've always been, um, even though a lot of adults have been um, bent out of shape about the fact that um, things like RID and rescue bots, which confuses me because that was clearly aimed at toddlers. That show um, <laughs> tend to have poor animation, toddler. or yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I've always been quite a fan. Um, I think if you sit down with a toddler and watch rescue bots, it is a, is actually an amazingly well written and well structured show, um, and the animation is completely suitable for its um, target demographic. Um, and Robots in Disguise copped a lot of flack because it was technically the successor to Transformers Prime, which was much more dark and, you know, aimed at late teens, young adults. Um, but I, I did really like R.I.D. because um, I, I found the animation was fantastic in R.I.D. and some of the character design was really cool, uh, a really natural progression from Prime. Um, but in all honesty, I watched the, um, the little preview they put out for Cyberverse with the young fella, um, it generated very little interest from him. I don't think he found anything new from it as ever before with RID or, or rescue bots. Um, I think, I mean, putting it into the same category as child-oriented Transformers shows like RID and rescue bots, um, I find that even considering that, I'm I'm really unimpressed by the animation in this. Um, it's very strange. Um, if you look at Windblade's face, she it, it's her no eyes budget. take up yeah um, her eyes take up ninety percent of her face, and I don't think that's anything to do. It's it's really strange when you see it in motion because um, budget aside, of- it's it's the design to me that really doesn't appeal. Um, everything seems to be disproportionate. Um, and like things are bigger than they should be and other things are smaller than they should be. And, um, 
the, the designs themselves are very clunky. And when you actually look at some of the toy lines coming out parallel to this, um, like I, I really like the look of that um, shockwave that's on the shelves at the moment. And there's a few other characters that have piqued my interest. Uh, the Megatron um, that they've got out looks really cool. But it doesn't seem like they're very closely modelled from the animation, given this little short that we've seen, because that Seeker that comes down and attacks um, Windblade and Bumblebee in the short bit that we see, um, it just looks awful. Um, the, the face is so small, yeah, you know, you and it, yeah, his I don't arms know. aren't connected to his torso as well. Mm. It's just, yeah. It's so it's just, and the thing is, he doesn't speak either. Like, no, I he said, just grunts. And yeah, yeah. like this is Thundercracker, <laughs> like according to the cast list things. Like, yeah, it's just nothing to him. Yeah, and there's, there's no definition of character or just a generic desert where they don't have to budget a background or anything mm. <laughs> I, I look i initially was kind of optimistic of this show when they showed um the initial character so was I, yep. and then that footage that came out from sdcc where it looked like they were going to take sort of an idw inspiration for megatron but then after seeing this further footage i'm not too hopeful to be honest yeah. I mean, I've um, even on the podcasts of, of the past, when it comes to things like other low bu- budget um, speculative series like um, <laughs> the the Prime, the Prime Wars trilogy and stuff, um, I've always I've always been quite supportive of new directions, um, and I've always usually been champion of the underdog in terms of a lot of the fandom has had a backlash against a certain series that I've thought was fine. Um, I remember when R.I.D. first came out, everybody hated it. And uh, I was like, no, for what it is, it's, it's good. I like it. But this, I have to take a really critical standpoint just because, yes, I know it's only a short amount of footage that we've seen. It's what they're teasing us with. It's what they want to present as the series for us. Yeah, this is- and take that critical standpoint in comparison to, yes, it's aimed at children. Yes, it's on a low budget. Yes, it's supposed to be very basic and simple. But so were other shows that we've seen in the past that did this much better from what, from what I've seen. Um, and I'm not impressed. It actually looks, I'm going to say the T word, it looks terrible to me. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say terrible yet because there's been a bit of footage which looked okay, but yeah, I'm mm. not optimistic at all right now. I'll give it a crack for the first few episodes, just see if it can, uh, yeah, mm. see if I can get get something out of it. But right now, it's not looking too good. Yeah. Did you I notice just... um, Bumblebee only speaks through his radio, like in the movies yeah, again? Yeah, yeah, um, I'm getting, getting a little bit sick of that. Yeah. yeah and they, so they I'm they over that little gimmick. Well, what was yeah. that? Go, go again, Max. They made up their own radio quotes to yeah. play for Bumblebee. Yeah. Yeah, they're not real excerpts from the radio. They're, they're just Bumblebee talking in a radio fashion. And yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'm I was never really big on that whole idea to begin with, and I'm kind of getting you know, a bit he, sick of it being resurrected. So. The character of any sort of character, basically, he, he can't. Yeah. Talk because he can't talk properly. You can't actually develop a character in any meaningful way. <laughs> it's like, and it's also they seem to be changing their mind about that aspect quite a lot. Like even in the live action movies. Um, 
you know, his voice will come back. And then when we see him again, he's back to speaking through the video. Um, they can't decide whether they want him to have that gimmick or not. And um, even in things like in Transformers Prime, he didn't speak through the radio, but he spoke with um, beeps and clicks um, and sort of, um, what do they call it, binary, you know. Um, but at the end of that series, he got his voice back. And then in the follow-up series, R.I.D., he just speaks with his normal voice, which to me, it just gave his character so much more depth. You know, he basically became the new leader in R.I.D. because yeah, of that. Like, like, he could actually talk it, and have character, you know? Yeah, because it, it came in conjunction with, like, him stepping up to be a leader and maturing. Mm. Oh, That's yeah. It. Well, he actually had character to it. Mm. Whereas yeah. with this whole talking to a radio thing, it doesn't give character, and I don't know who actually wants it. Like, who's... Yeah, yeah. Who wants yeah. it? What's his appeal? <laughs> like, why is it there? No no one actually likes it. Like, most people well, marketing, don't hate it, but... Marketing it would be against you there. I'm sure they've showed it to someone and, oh, oh that's cool. <laughs> Someone okay, said yeah, they would have showed it to a focus group for... Yeah. Like, I don't know. But I, I, I honestly feel the same way about Windblade full stop. Um, you know, I know that she was a fan created character and I know that somebody must really like her because she's in everything. Um, but I can't stand her character and I feel like she really detracts from every series she's appeared in. Um, yep. and <laughs> oh, it seems like once again, they've just, she's like where she was first introduced. She is really solid. Like she's a complex mm. character and she's generally pretty likable. And, you know, you can enjoy stories of it in. But in R.I.D. Mm. and in the Prime Wars trilogy and in whatever, in probably in this as well, you know, she's just not enjoyable mm. on screen. Because, like, no. Of- and at least in R.I.D., they were very sparing with her. She appeared on special yeah. boss fights and stuff, you know, mm. and then she'd piss off again. Um, you know, whereas... Yeah, I think um, as much as I, I really enjoyed the Prime Wars trilogy, I think it could have done without her. Um, you know what I mean? And the fact that they had to insert her into every single situation and she was OP to the level where she's slapping Megatron around and every time some big bad character comes stomped down that you know even Prime and that are worried about, she, she has to jump in and have a go and like it just, yeah. I, I, I got to the point where I was just like, can somebody piss her off? I'm over her. Like, <laughs> you yeah, know? It's, like it's the fan-voted so. character, so obviously the fans are going to like it no matter what. It's like, no, mm. we still have a decent character. You look at Drift, right, is all over the place nowadays. He was the, the first fan-voted yeah. character. And people really like Drift because when he shows up, he's generally pretty likable. You know, yeah. he, he's not... And he's also not the center of absolutely everything right it's like yeah, yeah he's in the cartoon and he's in the movies but he's not the only thing <laughs> yeah and i think with drift his i think with drift his original fan voted character in the comics um is so different um you know he he was basically um 
to the Autobots what Bludgeon is to the Decepticons, just that sort of badass samurai. He's sort of smooth, he, he's smart, he knows what he's doing, turns into a cool car, very Autobot-like in that respect. But um, even with, uh, with Drift, you know, in R.I.D. and in the movies, they've sort of turned him into a cliche. Like, he's Japan bot yeah, zero <laughs> one, you know. Like. <laughs> but at least, there's, at least there's some I range mean, and some diversity between each iteration of the character, though. Whereas yeah, yeah, with Windblade, it's just yeah, been you're exactly right. the yeah. same. Each, like, even just to buy, to have a Windblade figure on your shelf, like, I brought the R.I.D. one because I thought that was a better-looking one. You've got the two Generations releases now and... And now this one here, like it's all that one RID one can cover the whole five or six different series that she's been in. Yeah, she and doesn't she... look a whole lot different. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and that's, that's not how you sell toys. The whole that's the reason Bumblebee and Prime come back yeah. every single wave and every single toy line is because they change the de- change it up and whether there's a cartoon to back it yeah. or not, make them Whereas, look different. Yeah, yeah. And even it's not pictured here, but there's yeah. like Grimlock and Megatron and all that are different. Um, yeah, same same deal with Drift. Yeah, he's, he's, what three different incarnations? He's always looked different, and even yeah. then, he looked different between the two movies. And he's had a whole bunch yeah. of different looks within the comics. Like that keeps yeah. people engaged. No one wants the same Windblade design for the fifth time. Well, no one's going to keep buying them. But, um, but even oh. cartoon aside, whatever the cartoon's going to be, we'll find out in, in a little bit how um, it's going to go. But even the figures are getting out here in Australia and I was in with the local target yesterday and they had the, I think their leader size, the Megatron and the Optimus Prime and they look like, they don't look too bad, the figures. Um, they look like good sturdy figures. Yeah, that's figures what I was and- saying earlier. They, um, the toy line that's come out, um, some of them don't look all that great, but I've noticed a couple of them that I wouldn't mind for my collection regardless of how good or terrible the cartoon is, like um, that Shockwave that yeah, turns into the Spider Tank. Like I think that looks cool. Like, yeah, I did. I did see. Um, I think there's one of the Megatrons because they've done a couple of different classes of Megatrons for Cyberverse, and yeah. I do remember looking at one of the Megatrons and going, "Wow, that's like a nice G1 chug scale Megatron." Yeah. Um, I think the thing is that's so, yeah, we'll see how we go. The shockwave that they did mm. is the only figure in the entire line so far that has both elbows and knees. <laughs> oh wow yeah well i'm i'm reserving judgment for um some of the seekers i'll be bringing out because they are um in the cartoon they do have an acid storm listed in the yeah. cast and he's he's my favorite seeker so depending on how good the figure hey. is i wouldn't mind another acid storm because yeah and then i think it was acid but, storm uh, and slipstream yeah. and then in some of the footage it looked like there was like in the footage from sdcc it uh, looked like there was freaking Red Wing. And in, <laughs> in another clip we've seen, which seems <laughs> after this one, they had a purple seeker, Ooh. but it wasn't Skywarp. It was because usually he has a black on him where it was like, it was two tones of purple. So looks like they had Hot Link in there as well. Like, yeah. Super obscure stuff. Yeah, either Hot Link or, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And beyond the All right, so we've we've made a decision about the Cyberverse trailer. <laughs> Doesn't look good, but <laughs> we're excited to see what comes out of it. Yeah, well, that's I haven't it. Lost hope, but mm. nearly there. <laughs> but even like getting those legend, those those leader class figures for sixty dollars, where normally your leaders are ninety, eighty nine, ninety. It's just the price points a little yeah. bit better on these figures, where I might actually dip my toe in and 
grab a couple for my yeah, son. Of yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to get one of those, as I said, one of those Megatrons in here and have a good look. Mm. Story here, we got a quick little bit of news from the uh, Bumblebee um, movie that's coming up. Apparently, we're going to have some scenes on Cybertron. Um, or the, the Cybertron's going to make yeah. an appearance in the film, so... Yeah, well, I think the, the rumours are they have, like, an opening... Yeah, opening scene on Cybertron with, um, like, really sort of G1-styled characters. So it says, mm. like... I've been hearing similar rumours about almost every live-action movie that's come out, so I'll reserve judgement. But from, from this um, one, they said no already that we're getting G1-style characters. Yeah, I remember when Dark of the Moon came out, they were like, oh, there's going to be, like, the Wolf of Cybertron is going to be a big part of it. And there was, like, maybe a three-second scene in a flashback of, like, some fighting on Cybertron. Uh, so, of course, we've had, I don't know. I've just learned not to get my hopes up. Yeah, we've, we've had <laughs> yeah. it before, but it's all been, like, just generic grey, you mm. know. And I'm, I'm worried about, uh, with these press releases for Bumblebee, what their definition of G1 is, because if they are in fact um, having that as uh, Blitzwing and not Starscream. Oh, it's not like, it's not um, And it's not just a big con. Well, I I personally believe that it's a very, it's a very clever marketing thing. I think it's definitely Starscream and they've created the Blitzwing controversy to sort of um, generate interest in the movie and, and sort of lead people astray. Um, but let's say for argument's sake, um, they're sticking to it and saying, no, it's Blitzwing, not Starscream. If that is, in fact, true, then they have no idea what they're talking about when it turn- comes to G1 accuracy. So, but again, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm waiting to see how this pans out. But they, they did it for B, didn't they? Like, he's not bang on G1, but he's, you know, he's mm. looking pretty similar. And I'd say he looks a lot like Gold Goldbug, yeah, he's, I reckon. He's, like, he's that... He's from a sort of IDW style G1B, like with mm. the uh, Volkswagen on mm. the chest. Um, and then apparently mm. Prime, if we look, there was the concept art of Prime where he looks like really G1. And then well, they've they've set. done the they've done the upscale and the alterations to the Age of Extinction, the Evasion Evasion Mode Prime and G1 yeah. it up, and that's getting released in the Studio Series. Now, like, that's with got the packaging straight, you know, G1 colors as well. Mm. You know, so I. Mm. How much Travis Knight's been talking about, you know, what he wants to do with this? I'm fairly optimistic that we're going to have some. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm going to predict that we'll see some Tetra jets because uh, when I first heard about this, they had a picture of the Tetra jet seekers from Cybertron from the G1 cartoon oh, okay. um, alongside it. So yeah, so that would be a nice little nod to G1. Yeah, like, uh, Hopefully. This... Um, a, se- a sound wave light light post that would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is if this is in the movie, it'd be one of those things where it's basically just sort of you know a love letter to franchise, where it's like, look, hey, mm. you remember all these characters that have been short shrifted for the past five movies? Bang, they're all on screen doing what you remember them doing, and they all look like how you remember them looking. Mm. Yeah, it's pure fan service, but it's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to see the movie anyway. So you know, I'm hoping high, but um, you know, it's yeah, I'm going to see it anyway. So all of this speculation, 
as far as I'm concerned, it'll sort itself out when I'm sitting in the in the cinema. So. Yeah, yeah. I suppose one little uh, discussion I wanted to have. I'm going to put some photos up during the week. Toy packaging. Anyone keep the packaging? I know as collectors, stuff like your masterpiece and third party, you're going to keep the boxes. Like this last week and a half, trying to sell some of your masterpiece figures that haven't had their packaging has been a bit of a pain. Um, mm. More so, that was just because of the sales. And my my collection isn't a collector's collection. My collection's just having representations of the character. I've talked about it before with me G1. Most of my G1 stuff's broken or missing pieces, but I've got the basic character there as a representation and haven't got boxes for most of it. But going through my shed last week, I've got about 20 or 30 of those 50-litre plastic tubs you get from Bunnings, and I didn't realise how bad it was, but uh, there's Voyager boxes from the 07 movie and Revenge of the Fall. <laughs> and I remember a couple of years ago when the shed got full from buying, I think it was from Age of Extinction when the shed got full, I went back and all your carded stuff, I took the, the bubbles off them and just kept the card backs. Um, Fall of Cybertron, Animated, Ooh. Prime, all that stuff that you got deluxe net on cards. Just kept the card back so you got I would, them. if it was a particularly cool piece of artwork, I'd just cut them and doing that for a while, cut the artwork off the box and mm. chuck the blister and the rest of it away. Yeah. But see, even looking there, I've got Generations Jetfire, the Frill and 30 Jetfire. There's two boxes in there. <laughs> I must have brought a second Jetfire somewhere. It's like, why the hell have I got this? This is before it went to the reject shop for 20 bucks. Like, there's no, there's no collecting aspect to it at all it's just it's pure hoarding and i'm over it yeah. so <laughs> i've been slowly culling all the boxes but i have just one gone you know, yeah uh, yeah unless just... it's unless it's sort of like a character i like like the animated grimlock i like the character i like the design and i just kept the box just as a representation of what the box for grimlock look like when it come out yeah. um it's, it's getting hard yeah. nowadays too because you can just google it you don't <laughs> Like even a lot of the figures you might have in storage, honestly, you, get it, you take a photo of it and you put it in storage. Well, you can still Google the photo. So what's the point of having it in storage if you're not going to display it? But that's a little bit different. Mm. I, yeah. I have about three wardrobes full of just piled high with boxes. And mm. I generally only keep like the third party or, or, or particularly expensive stuff. Um, but really, it's I guess that there's a bit of a hoarding aspect to it. But I honestly just do it for resale. Um, yeah, it's quite quite a lot easier to resell a um, a transformer of any kind if you've got the box, you've got the instructions, and all the little bits and doodads. It's it's not like essential. I mean, I sell a lot of stuff out of box as well, but yeah. um, I just find it's a lot quicker, a lot easier, and it just creates a little bit more appeal for the for the purchase if you're trying to sell something. That you've got everything that it came with, so and even even yeah. shipping. Like when I sold my Takara Cabonalus Bruticus, um, the buyer didn't want the box, even though the box is great. It's got that open up front on it that you can have all the stuff in there displayed. But he um, just to save that twenty or thirty bucks, we didn't ship it in the box. It all got shipped loose in bubble wrap. So you also get sometimes mm. like that. Now I've got a Bruticus box in the in the cupboard with I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, stuff like your masterpiece, your collector's pieces, then yeah, fair enough. You're gonna keep the box. Like you're not gonna. I've seen some people advertising masterpiece boxes on the BST group, and that, and that that's fair enough. That's their decision. But 
It's um. There's a big market for for G1 boxes in good condition. Yeah. Well, that, and that's yeah. and that might be sort of the a bit of the mentality coming through where when you're young, you've got figures, you threw the box. Box was the first thing to go away, and now there's a yeah. shortage of or get ripped boxes. open unceremoniously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now it's sort of. <laughs> It's 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 like buying stuff and keeping it in package. The stuff at retail, at Nerd Mania the other day, I had a lady and said, "What's your rarest PC?" And I said, "Well, they're not really rare. Everything now, like I could sell everything now. And if if, if the price is right, I could sell it because everything now that I had on display there, I could go out and buy again. The only thing that probably Ooh. be the hardest to get or the most expensive to get is the reissue of the Fort Max I had there, just because." Now shipping and um, the dollar's not as good as what it was when I brought it from BBTS and that back when it came out and it'd be the hardest one to get. But everything else, all your Titans, all your all that stuff, even the third party and the masterpiece stuff, you can still buy it all. And that's that's why I went through last day and just going right, your 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 going and made a list and started advertising a heap of yeah. stuff because I've got my shirt out there that it's now six years deep into its construction. I still haven't got it ready to have a display in it. Yeah, I'm still buying figures. <laughs> that I've got no more room. <laughs> the missus has got the shits because there's wardrobes in that. As you said before yourself, Chris, there's wardrobes with boxes in it for masterpiece figures. Yeah. That I just, it's taking up space and I can't, I can't do it anymore. I've got to get this shit. And I, think, I need the money. I think what um, a lot of collectors don't realise, and I know that um, uh, Jared, the new Queensland rep, he's going to be facing this problem soon because I recently faced it. When you're somewhere where you can't put your bots, your collection on display and you're still an active collector, it's very easy to fall into the trap of going, oh, yeah, I want this guy, I'll get him. Oh, yeah, I want that guy, I'll get him. You know, and every week buying more and more bots. When I moved from my old place to this one and I could finally set up my displays where I want to, I suddenly realised I had shit loads of bots, so many that there's no way I could ever... If I had a whole room in this house, I couldn't mm. have displayed them all in the way that I wanted to. And I went through, after setting up here, I went through a couple of weeks of just completely downsizing my collection and getting rid of bots that I bought because I thought I wanted at the time and I thought they looked cool. But when it comes to actually putting them up on display and the whole purpose of buying them... Uh, I realised that they just didn't fit in with my collection or they didn't look good on display or um, I had nowhere to put them. Um, so I think that's another reason why I ended up keeping boxes as well is because when mm. it came to that, sometimes I'd have basically a brand new um, open months figure that I thought I'd need or want on my collection. And when it came down to it, I was like, nope, he's going back in the box. Who wants this guy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so that's and that, that, that sort of goes back to the whole. Yes, some people do have the ability and the space to have their entire collection out on display. Like, um, ex-host Bill, um, his display he had Cade's got a heap, a heap here locally. Um, even looking at what Griffin's got, like, it's it, it's good to have that. But trying to do that yourself, unless you have the space and have the ability to display all your collection like that, um. It's it, most of it's going in storage, and why why are you yeah. buying figures to build a collection if you're not going to display them or or what have you? Mm. Like as I said, as we were saying and, uh, with the Megatron before, like one thing that sort of drives you to buy everything and everything that comes out is because most, especially third party, once that initial release is done, um, you only got to go back to sort of like Quakewave and that 
when Quakewave run was done, all of a sudden it was on eBay for a thousand dollars because they weren't making any more of them, and it just the aftermarket was stupid. Mm. Even MP36 yeah. sort of done that a little bit once it finished its run, but then the KO and the reissue sort of were announced and it sort of settled down a bit more. But um, yeah, and there's the companies that you know take MMC for example. I found it very difficult to get my hands on a culture or their tarn um, just because it was such a popular character. They only made a certain amount of them and everybody who bought one had no interest in selling them yeah. because it was such a great uh, figure and MMC had no plans to re-release it or reissue it or anything. So, um, yeah, that can make it very difficult to get your hands on a release because um, – and, yeah, and when I got him, I actually bought him off um, John Ryan, and that was purely because John Ryan um, eliminated the third-party stuff from his collection. Um, so I was lucky. But, yeah, again, I got the box. I got all the, you know, the comic and the instructions and all that that came with it, and that went straight in the cupboard. I was like, I'm not getting rid of that, you know. So, yeah, there's that aspect to it as well. Mm. Yep. Max, anything to add before we get to new acquisitions? <laughs> we'll start to go along. It's not much, basically, like what I said earlier, you know, we just keep high-end stuff, um, you know, and stuff that I think I might need to sell down the track. You know, beyond yep. that, try and get as much, rid of as much as I can because it, it, it's also kind of a fire hazard. <laughs> 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 or you could have an avalanche when you yeah. open your cupboard and get crushed. And... <laughs> so much <laughs> I, I didn't think about it until last summer. I was like, I was putting shit in the attic and I was like, hey, that box is sitting right on top of that light that in the kitchen and that could actually burn the house down. We just talked about not buying anything and everything and uh, time for some new acquisitions. Max. Uh, I haven't been buying anything and anything but I did also, you know, not be on for a few weeks and make a fair bit of money so... I bought a few things. Uh, let's get off just this little one. Our only power of a prime figure I have so far is Slash for little Legends Dinobot. Uh, just you know, really solid, you know, typical modern Legends figure and one of the stronger ones out there, I'd say. And sort of really nice proportions where, like, she looks like a female proportion figure, but she doesn't have that typical, you know, like really slim frame, massive chest type. Transformers figure. It's you know it, it looks more realistic proportioned. Um, that actually fits in with a Dinobot. As well. I um I, I recently um in the last few weeks I got um the Cindersaw the repaint of that Max and um I don't know if you but would you find that strangely enough I really like how small that figure is. It does. I don't it know why, but I like the fact it's so tiny. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's I don't know. It just creates a weird aesthetic appeal to me for some reason. I, I just like the fact that it's this tiny little dinosaur thing. I think you know? also like a lot it's, of the uh, legends yeah. figures are quite squat, whereas this one's you know it's yeah the same size but it's a lot uh, slimmer. And uh, the dinosaur mode is really impressive. I think yeah, it, really, um, it does very little to accomplish quite a bit. Just some clever yeah. use of mass. Um, yeah. And even details like the the dinosaur's mouth, um, the jaw opening and closing, and the and it's just yeah, I, I was very impressed by it. Yeah, and like the, the um 
on the dinosaur head, like just like on the classic Dinobots, where it has that translucent plastic over the gold. Oh, that's just yeah, awesome yeah. little detail that I love. Uh, and then sort of staying on the uh, little figures, it's uh, Iron Factory's Warpath. <laughs> there he is. Um, oh, nice. It's just you know Iron Factory. They make tiny little figures, but they're super solid. This guy, he does parts form a little bit. Um, which I wasn't the biggest fan of. But beyond that, uh, he's one of their better releases. Like, not quite up there with the Seekers. But beyond that, I'd say it's probably the best thing of theirs that I've owned. Yep. It's a really... Uh, he seems to... Have you played um, the War for Cybertron games, Max? Yeah, you reckon he carries over that? As from what I've seen, he seems... Yeah, he se- he seems to be very close modelled on that, um, he's got the that same Cybertron sort of Warpath. Like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Proportionally, totally do you find because because um, Iron G1 Factory at all? Do you find yeah, yeah? But do you find because Warpath has always been traditionally like one of the small robots, Iron Factory, um, he could go in with a a standard sort of chug size collection as himself. Know, always, Does that make sense? I always saw. I mean, I guess he could if he's a mini bot, but like I always saw Warpath as like just you know a fully sized character that just happened to be one of the G one mini bots. Yeah, like yeah, in a lot of and, later uh, media, and that's essentially what they did with him in the games. Yeah, like in later media, he'll be like the same size as Prime or something. Yeah, yeah. So, but like you know, just as a little figure, he's got that sort of insanely solid build quality that Iron Factory always does. Sometimes it feels a little too tight, but it's like hard to transform him. But that mm. is You're a big really fan of the uh, Iron Factory line, aren't you, Max? Yeah, I love all that, all that little legend stuff. Just because, I mean, the amount they can pack in at such a small space. Like I've got a massive mm. just flock of seekers on top of the shelf there. Yeah, and we'll just talk mm. before about having a massive collection where the Iron Factory, even any legend scale stuff, you can have it small, and you can have a whole cast or a whole wave release or whatever and not take up a lot of space yeah at this point you can have mm. that as like in different aesthetics as well and a comprehensive collection just from the legends figures mm. Uh, mm. and most of them under 50 bucks each like oh. that's what i was talking like last week when i brought the um turn that off um like the little sound wave a little shock wave and that and even dutch um the dx9's prime like Having little guys like this, I'd much prefer to spend fifty bucks on this than any of the current Voyagers that are out there. Like, I it's just... they pack in more mm. than a Voyager. Yeah, crazy to me. Yep. Mm. So they're almost like um, miniature some of them in terms of quality and detail. Like it's yeah, fantastic. That. I'm actually planning. Is it Iron Factory who are doing the um, the DJD combiner Max? Yeah, I'm almost tempted to like sell off my uh, MMC ones to get those because. They, they look so well. Good. I'm 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 planning to get them because of the fact that uh, even though I, with my chug collection, it's a scale problem having traditionally bigger characters in legend scale. Um, but when you combine them, because it is a, a legends combiner, the the big combiner that they turn into actually turns out to be about Voyager sized anyway. So I'm actually pretty keen to get my hands on that one. Yeah, you see that sort of thing with um, that Bruticus, which they just did as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, that thing looks fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to see how that transforms because it looks to be, you know, done a really different sort of style to previous combiners. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find the combiner that they've um, teased so far just looks like a really big, mean, exaggerated tarn, which I'm very fair. interested in. So, <laughs> I just see how like, the color separation turns out on that, like just because of the way it's going to Yeah. That's it, because there is such a varied um, color palette between the DJD. So, yeah. Yeah, because. interesting to see how they pull it off. It could be fantastic. Um, moving up in size. Seven glasses, uh, little hearts of steel. Oh, by, uh, nice. Um, I thought this was going to be like a wicked figure, but he's the size of a small deluxe. And oh, okay, he's a bit bigger. Cool. It's like 40 bucks for a third party deluxe class figure, which is mm. pretty decent. Um, unfortunately, I love how his hammer is one of those uh, railway mallets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's in terms of like an old timey like locomotive. Like, not a real one, but a realistic-looking one. And then, mm. yeah, unfortunately, the plastic isn't the greatest in the world. Um, it feels a little bit brittle. Like, it's not bad or anything, but it's not quite up to, like, official Hasbro standards as well. But in terms of what he... Hold up. Uh, sorry. In terms of what he does, he... You know, the transformation does a whole lot of cool tricks, but is, like, really tightly compacted, like, Getting the arms to pass through the torso around to the top of the legs is a bit of a nightmare, and stuff like that. But he he makes up for it in just having this stupid amount of posability. Like he's got all your standard stuff, like shoulders, knees, whatever. This is he got like a toe joint, ankle tilts, and the friggin' ab crunch. On, like a figure this size, <laughs> blew my mind when I got to messing around with that. See, he's very and forty cool. bucks, man. That's that's yeah. great. The funny thing about this is, um. In the comics, they sort of this was a stupid thing they did by the way. It was sort of a retconned it, so they said, Oh, the Hearts of Steel characters were actually not they were actually in the main IDW universe, they were just different characters. So it's like, Oh, the, the guy that you oh, thought was okay. Bumblebee is now called Centurion. And I'm like, just, Yeah. Whatever. And then the pattern In much the same way guy, that they put Beast Wars Waspinator into the G1 universe, yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> but, like, this guy, his third-party name is Centurion. And I'm like, that's a bit cheap. Right. <laughs> it's like when you <laughs> Batteries and Seekers, I think at least one of them, they just used the name of a different Seeker on the box. <laughs> I'm going to make an effort at least. And then... uh. So a bit, bit bigger and a bit more expensive than the last thing, but um, I recall a little while ago, I bought an MP36 and then I have since sold it <clears> because <throat> the uh, QC wasn't the greatest thing in the world. Uh, instead, I picked up the Infinite Transformation version. So you went from one to the other. <laughs> yeah, I went from the Infinite <laughs> to the KO. And uh, he's still not quite perfect, I'm sorry to say. Like, the joints aren't the most fantastic thing in the world. But on the whole, he is better than the official one, and he also cost me half as much. So I'm quite happy with that. Mm. Yeah, so he's awesome. Is there a size point. difference with that KO, or is he... It's just a straight one-to-one -one knockoff. Um, 
But they did what they did was they sort of cast him in a better plastic, so it didn't need a painter, and so now his paint doesn't scratch out of the panel from the back here, so that's a little gappy. Um the joints are generally a lot tighter, so in only official one, this elbow would just flop on me and now it's rock solid. Uh, it's added wow, KOs like, are getting legs. crazy now, man. Yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah, I'm quite happy with that. And I paid for the original one, so there's no amorality about that. I paid for it. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world. This is still not perfect, but I am much happier. Mm-hmm. Was it cheaper? Yeah, it cost me like 120 bucks posted. So <laughs> I was real happy with that. Oh, that's all right. I was posted to the official, yeah. which cost me 260. Mm. Have you had it in gun Whoa. mode yet? Yeah, gun mode is basically just the same, except the paint doesn't fall off. I was going to say, you've had this, the barrel extension on it. It's worked a lot better. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's the no thing. paint chipping whatsoever. It's fantastic. Mm. Ah, very good, awesome. very good. Chris, what's um? Uh, yeah, so I um, I've always got new acquisitions coming in. As I briefly mentioned, um, I got the um, Cindersaw, which is the uh, Decepticon repaint of the Power of the Primes uh, Slash. Which you know, it's it's good that Max showed us his because it's the same thing. It's just purple. Um, also, uh, I got all of the. I managed to run out and get all the Decepticon Prime Masters, which I'm really enjoying. Um, I love the nod to the G1 Pretenders there. So, um, as far as the Decepticon Decepticon ones go, I've got the Bludgeon, the Octopunch, which is great to see an Octopunch, uh, another Mayhem Attack Squad member we haven't seen for a long time. Um, Bombburst, um, oh guy. Uh, Skullgrin and Submarauder, and I had the Submarauder Pretender as a kid, so I have pretty nostalgic ties to that one. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to show you guys today was beyond that, I also got the um, the knockoff reflector pack um, that Simon showed us a couple of weeks ago. Um, not Simon, sorry, Jason showed us a couple of weeks ago. Um, which I can't remember what they KO'd from, but it was a, a, a triple reflector pack by a KO company called Papa Toys. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, uh, very much worth the $40 that I paid for it. Um, so just to start off, so I'm currently working on basically building oh, what is my going own Galvatronus. <laughs> yeah, so um, I originally had him with the limbs for G2 Bruticus, um, but I've... I've got now on him, um, I've got two pair of the Prime Dreadwinds, um, which really work well as his arms. As you can see, the purple on the Dreadwinds matches the Galvatronus torso exactly. Um, I've got a um, Titans Return Galvatron's arm on it, which just works so well. So he's a work in progress. Um, really all I need to complete him is I want to get two pair of the primes um, dark wings to have as the legs just the yeah. whole aesthetic off um, I'll be really pleased when I'm finished with him he's actually one of the most fun projects I've had as a collector for a very long time um, so yeah that's keep your eyes peeled for uh, the end product of that I think he's looking pretty cool so far 
Um, he's just doing a bit of a Lieutenant Dan at the moment, so I have to have him <laughs> sitting on it. <laughs> but the thing that really excited me, I've been chasing this guy since basically since I started collecting. Um, well, not since I started, but since I started seriously um, going after um, the big official combiner sets and stuff like that. Um, but I managed to score a uh, Takara Unite Warriors um, Grand Galvatron set. Um, very hard to lay hands on. Um, I've fought long and hard to get, get myself one of these, and I'm not disappointed. Um, so basically with the uh, Hasbro version, they only released Cyclonus as the torso for Galvatronus, and you're sort of supposed to build up your own limbs out of whoever you like, really. It doesn't really matter. Um, whereas the Grand Galvatron set actually comes as a dedicated set. Um, the uh, main torso part has actually been repainted to resemble the original G1 Galvatron toy, uh, which I thought was very cool. Um, but the, the real appeal to this is the team or the limbs as a set. Um, so there's some really unique characters of the limbs. So you've got Ghost Starscream as the arm there, um, which is very cool. So he's got that clear translucent stick. Um, what um, aerial bot he was based on mold-wise. But um, we also have Armada Thrust making up the other arm. Um, so obviously the thrust that was a slave of Unicron from the uh, Armada cartoon series. Uh, the main torso is made up of a Cyclonus repaint, uh, repaint. And I must say, the Cyclonus repaint for the Tara one, it looks incredible. It's basically colour-wise, uh, just totally G1 accurate, even more so than I've got quite a few different versions of Cyclonus in my Chug collection, and it's by far the closest to anything um, we've seen so far for G1 accuracy. Um, the bottom part is a very strange addition. It's actually, you can see there he's got an Autobot symbol. He's actually called Wandering Roller. Um, the backstory for him being he is Roller as Optimus Prime's trailer boy um, from another universe where Optimus was killed and um, Roller sort of went crazy and got possessed by Unicron. So for whatever reason, he's... Um, so as you can see, he's the Rook repaint there. Um, and Zombie War Breakdown, making up the other leg. Uh, he's a tribute to in Prime when um, Breakdown was killed and brought back as a Dark Energon zombie. Um, so for him, uh, they've used the off-road slash Ironhide mould to be more in line with his Prime truck mode um, as opposed to the Combiner Wars Breakdown for the Menosaur set, which is traditional um, Lamborghini. Um, so, yeah, I'm really pleased with this one. I mean, he he looks like a nightmare, um, <laughs> but I kind of like that about him. He's, um, I don't know, there's something really appealing about the, the, the really creative use of characters to make up the team. Um, he's a totally new combiner with a totally new team, but he just fits right in in that Combiner Wars universe of um, just uh, unique characters like Minasaur and Devastator and that. But, um, but yeah, it's, and being Takara, there's just that 
jump in quality and attention and um, caretaking with pain and use of um, different features and stuff, like even things like it's got the same um, arm cannon that comes with Superion and, and um, Galvatronis, um, but they've moulded the actual cannon in that sort of clear orange plastic um, to be more like his Galvatron's G1 cannon. So, um, yeah, so um, given my sort of Unicron Galvatron-themed collection, going with these are my two big um, new projects, or he is anyway, at the moment, and um, they look bloody good next to each other. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, if you can manage to get your hands on a Grand Galvatron, I would uh, totally recommend it, um, but it is very difficult. Um, to find um, and quite expensive. I paid two hundred and fifty dollars for this. So yeah, um, well that's what you're yeah. gonna pay. They're hard to get. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, but well worth it if you're a fan. So yeah, that's uh, that's my new baby at the moment. Babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about another one, shall we? Um, oh, <laughs> Masterpiece Dinobot. Now he's in packaging uh-huh. um, mode because I haven't had been able to get him out and play a lot with him. But um, just the weight of this figure, like I, I know where the price is. <laughs> just It feels so heavy. It's probably one of the heavier. I could be heavier than Magnus. Well, Citizens wow. anyway. We, we won't go into MP Magnus because I won't own it. But um, just when I got it out of the box and just stupid sun outside is not going to let me do it. But just the um, the sculpt when I got him out of the box, and even it's got the little change the um, the eyes gimmick in the head, like some of the masterpiece does, so you can get more of a more of a scowl out of him. Cool. I like you. Um, the tongue tongue did work. Yeah, it's got like the tongue tongue in his mouth as well. Like just as a, a dino mode, um, and his alt mode looks fantastic. I haven't transformed yet because I have a a problem. My primal and my cheetor are in beast mode. That's that's sort of it's the reverse, except for the Dinobots. It's the reverse where all my MPs are in bot mode. I don't know if I'm going to display them in beast mode or alt mode. So I don't know if I'm even going to transform this ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, hold on, you can't not transform that. Have you seen the transformation? Yeah, that? come on. I know, man. but I've heard. I've also heard stories of people breaking things because they're too forceful with it. Even the whole reason his tail's not attached, I just had it on then is because this whole back panel lifts up. When I first got out of the box, it was only because I've seen on one of the instructions that's facing out of the packaging that um, this panel lifts up. And I've been trying for a little while to get this panel to lift up and feel like I'm putting too much force into it to get it to, to move. Now I've loosened it up and it's it's popped up, but... Just Google what have... you need to do to not break it. Well, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll definitely be watching a review. Like, I never take the Masterpiece instructions out of the wrapping anyway. Yeah, they stay in there, but... Get the friggin... You've got to be able to appreciate the um, yeah, I know. transformation on that. Even, like, the accessories, like the little heads. It comes with three different little heads, and this one's got, like, a, um, a movable face or... Mouth oh, on it. that is cool. It's, it's not going to... That's, oh, it. that's gonna awesome. It's not going to do it. Come on. I think a bird flew through the window or something and darkened a little bit. But even like the little serrated teeth he's got. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just fantastic. Like, there's three faces. There's him. There's another one that's got, again, like the um, 
the scowling, like the eyes, more focused eyes, and again the jaws open and close. Then <laughs> <laughs> you've got the one that's got the um the clear clear eyes for the LEDs and the um the beams out of his eyes. But oh, the la- the laser beams, yeah. yeah. As, as soon as I got this out of the packaging, I just I was sold, and that's why I went straight on to ordering pre-ordering that Megatron. Um, that's just it's fantastic. It's got so much um, so much cartoon accuracy. It's like yeah. on a new level. I and like we'll talk before with Megatron, like yeah, you got a bit of the robot stuff, and you got some of this. Which unless you're going to have a big shell former, you're going to have panels and stuff like that. So I can sort of look look around and look past it a little bit, but. Um, but just mm. the detail, like you'd never, just how sharp the teeth are, you'd never have that on a retail, like kids figure, like a Grimlock yeah. or anything. Um, the claws, like the claws are pointy and proper claws, and it's not going to work. Yeah. Take some photos. But even like he's wrapped, the, like his claw and his feet and that, like he's got, he's got a lot of pointy bits. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it's just fantastic. And there goes his tail. Yeah, it's very <laughs> impressive. Yeah, so I'm definitely happy. Are you with that. are you happy considering the are you considering um, the price? Would you say, even though it was quite expensive, that it was worth it though? Like you, the happiness factor accounts for the high price. I've I've purchased figures on price. I've purchased figures on design before. Um, I think as you're saying before, Megatron's like there's no other versions in the market, and I've I've talked before yeah. both in chat and in the group where. If I could, if someone was making a eight inch, ten inch, twelve inch, even masterpiece scaled line of non posable um, G1 styled statues or something, you didn't have to worry about paying for the transformation or that. I'd go that because I don't, I've never transformed my MP10. A lot of the figures, I'll transform them once when I get them to take photos and that's how they stay for their life. It's just, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not one that, it's not so much enjoying the transformation stuff. I don't see the need to transform it back and forth, back and forth. Um, and that's more of just having me son with retail figures where retail figures just do not hold up to transformations, ball joints get loose and just all that sort of mm. stuff. So, um, and it's like Dino mode is Dino bot as well. Like, yes, his dinosaur mode looks good, but that bot mode is what looks fantastic. And that's going to, and with um, Megatron as well, being in bot mode, whether the, the cons are in, or the Predacons are in bot mode and the Maximals are in beast mode. I'll just have to work that out. But it's the whole reason he's here in the box. Like, yes, we got delayed last week and couldn't talk about him and wanted to show off dino mode because once I go to bot mode, you'll probably never go back into dino mode. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things, whether to, whether to keep him <laughs> in what mode and is that going to affect how I display Primal and Cheetor as well? <laughs> but mm. even the, the generation stuff... I think you're like going to have to do robot mode. Yeah, the black arachnia, the rhinox, the... Rat trap and all that to come out with generations. I've got all them in bot mode, so um, might be just time to. Because oh. I, I haven't transformed Primal or Cheetor yet either. They've been as they've come out of their out of their packaging, so it might be time. Oh, Not that I have any. Primal oh. and Dinobot, at least I've heard no end of good things about. Yeah, yeah. So, and not being in alt mode, you get away from sort of some of those um, corners have had to cut just to get the. The dino mode or the the bot the beast mode, so like oh. I've made my mind that will go I, into bot mode. <laughs> I think it's I think it's situational though. Like um, I've got um, you know because I've got an army of sweeps. I don't know if you can see them there, probably not. 
uh, Armia sweeps behind me, my Unicron display. I've got the ones up the front in robot mode, but I've got sweeps in sweep mode, like flying behind them. Um, yeah. And I think depending on how you want to display, sometimes you can have that healthy mix of, of you know, alt modes with robot modes, depending on what the character is, what you're doing with mm-hmm. the display and stuff. So yeah, and that's why the... when you set up your shelves and stuff, you might have a different idea on the display, and, you know. Yeah, and that's sort of one of the good stuff, or good things about the War in Pocket and the Legend Scale figures. Like, I've got me War in Pocket Seekers all in the jet modes around the MP Seekers just because mm. they're good-looking jets, they're good-looking jet modes, and sort of that comparison where you can have one thing. You're not you're not buying two of each because you're going to have one in bot and one in alt mode that a lot of people yeah, done yeah. early on before they realise that there's not enough money in the world to do that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, no, that's 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 good. I've got uh, another figure there out there, but I'll talk about that next week. Um, so briefly, some. Can I say here. it's nice to, nice to see you with your acquisition though for a change, Brad? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. that, that's the other thing too. Work the way it is. Just the disposable income's gone. So, um, whatever money yeah. I've got at the moment's going to fuel and trying to get this shed finished so I can, because I've been passing up on displays and all that to house figures just because I've got nowhere to put them and, and all that awesome yeah. stuff. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, time moves on though. Just some TCA business briefly. Um, we had the AGM today, so the new committee has been sworn in and um, that's been announced on the Facebook group and on the uh, website, transformerCCA.com. Um, as you're saying before, Chris, with uh, Jared being the Queensland rep, we've got the other reps on there. If, if you want to talk about something, have an event. We've had a few people come forward with uh, local events that are in their area, but it's not near a major city, so, of course, the reps aren't going to be able to get there. But if there's something on, let us know. We want to get a, some sort of calendar made up of all the um, events that are on during the year and see what we can get to. Um, this one's sort of, I think it's in Mackay. It's a... Um, a um like a school event where they get kids and do sort of like a fate and they have people there for collections and that we know we've got a few people up in that area so we might be able to organize to get a couple of people there and display some stuff so um reach out to your local rep and have a chat to them we're, that's what we're here for we're here to represent you and um put your views forward and see what we can do but um we also had the uh the july giveaway for the first or for the members there was 103 that signed up in july so um, one of them got one of those um, Iron Factory Warpaths and another one got the um, the Ultra Magnus, so they're both happy with them. Um, and as we uh, addressed at the front of the show, we just had the election, so that's all good. Um, outro, thanks for listening. Further information on Transformers Collector Club Australia and everything we do is over at transformerscca.com um, or you can find the the uh, edited version of this show and pod- its podcast form over at transformersweekly.podbean.com. So, um, Chris, thanks for coming back on, Mr. Vice President. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be back and uh, look forward to another exciting year with the TCCA. Yep. Max, we didn't mention it earlier, but you're back as South Australia rep as well. So, welcome yeah, back. So We've got you. some I'm events planned. What doing. Yep. Yeah, we're already looking at. Uh, we're already booked in for the uh, Comic and Toy Fair on the 1st of October. Yeah. And definitely going to look at doing more stuff beyond that. 
Yep. Fantastic. So, yep. Stay tuned to the website. We're going to get um, some stuff happening over there shortly. And, and yeah, here's to a good 2018-19. But until next week, guys, I'll see you later. I know. Catch you later. See ya. Yeah.